Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. You know, Jeff, we are both parents. I have, Fred and I have two children. You and Darlene have three, who I'm fortunate to be friends with, which is a wonderful gift. And you now also have four precious grandchildren. It's so hard to believe as young and as (laughs) As youthful, youthful. exuberant as I am. Oh, I thought you were going to say as Darlene is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, did okay. I? What did I say? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you might want to backpedal that <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Cut it, edit. <laughs> well, I suppose that through the years, we've both heard a lot of things come out of the mouths of our angelic, uh, precious, sweet, wonderful, yeah. innocent little angels that have made us grit our teeth and bite our tongue and things like, I can do it myself. I heard that. <laughs> Our, one of my children in particular, I do it myself. I do it myself. Yeah, I heard it <laughs> a thousand times. And then as they get older, of course, you get the, you don't know me, you don't know my life, and then the slam doors, <laughs> that's always helpful. Because you were never a teenager. Oh, no. No. No, we, we I was always understand. perfect. Yeah, yeah, I was always perfect. But this whole idea of you can't tell me what to do, you're not, oh, here we go, you're not the boss of me. But I think a lot of parents grapple with that, especially sure. as you know we, we battle with this parents wanting to be friends with their kids. Um, but in fact, parents ought to be telling their children what to do and really what not to do. The stove well, is hot. The, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it starts there and then it goes into, you know, you're the sum of the people you hang around with and watching oh, it. You're oh, that out. Yeah, yeah, there it goes. Very true. I know. Um, but we're there to offer counsel and guidance and advice and, you know, not in any way to compare us to our relationship with our heavenly father. But I think we miss the boat on that sometimes that that's, that's what he's there to do as well. And he really is, he really is the boss of us, um, which, you know, that leads to this question, how do we know what he wants us to do? Mm -hmm. And the answer that our faith offers us is, well, we know because it gave us the Bible, and mm-hmm. the Bible tells us how to act, what to do, where where to go, so to speak, and uh, those sorts of things. And we're we're in this uh, this podcast series uh, here, this first chunk of our kitchen table theology podcast, and we're doing six or seven podcasts on the Bible. And man, I I mean, where would we be without mm-hmm. it? How grateful! are we to have it, to have God's Word to, to read? And, you know, we, we've seen in previous podcasts how the Bible's been revealed to us, how it's been inspired by God, how uh, in our last podcast, how it's uh, illuminated for us by mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And today we want to talk about uh, the infallibility of the Bible. Such a huge concept, I think, especially in a culture that is searching for and simultaneously pushing at the the face of truth and and looking at a, a concept yeah, of... Yeah, that's putting it mildly, isn't it? <laughs> pushing try, at it, pushing knocking at it, it over. Yeah, knocking it over, attacking it all out. It, yeah. 
Well, again, welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and here along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, again, we are systematically discovering what the scripture teaches us regarding big theological topics. Our goal is, again, I love this concept, to put the theological cookies on the bottom shelf where we can all reach them. Everybody wants a cookie. (laughs) Everybody wants a cookie. And if you don't, we don't even want to know who you are. I know. Who doesn't? (laughs) I mean, those people that aren't dessert people, I mean, come on. Oh, goodness. But we want to do this in a way that seeks to be very applicable to your life, to our life, to the lives that we live and we share as a connected body. Um, Because, again, the real power theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. So, Jeff, you've already said we're talking about infallibility today. That's a big kind of churchy word. I can break it up and I can get some meaning in there, but talk to us a little bit about what exactly that means. Well, the word infallible simply means incapable of error. Hmm. Uh, Some of us would love to think that that describes (laughs) us, but it doesn't. Uh, incapable of area of error. If something is infallible, it is never wrong. If it's infallible, it is absolutely trustworthy. Now the Bible claims to be infallible. In Second Peter one nineteen, we read, "We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, infallible." And then Peter wrote, wrote that. Um, <laughs> just thinking, yeah, Peter wrote. First and second Peter. That's why it's named Peter. Uh, he he goes on and he says that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. Mm-hmm. Prophecy never had its origin in the human will. And when he's saying prophecy, he's talking about you know the Scriptures. Never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That is a really significant. A couple sentences mm. of scripture. Um, also, we see, so he, he's talking there, Peter is, that the Bible is infallible. It, it, it makes that claim. And also, over in 2 Timothy 3, where Paul's writing to his young protege, young Pastor Timothy, Paul's implying infallibility there. And he says, all scripture is God breathed Mm. and has the effect of producing servants of God who are thoroughly equipped for every good work. The fact that God breathed scripture ensures that the Bible is infallible for this reason. God can't breathe out error. Mm. God is without error. God is infallible. Therefore, God's word is infallible. And the fact that the Bible equips us as God's servants thoroughly is the word used, thoroughly, for, sh- for service shows that the Word guides us into truth and not into error. So if God is infallible, then His Word is also. I mean, that just, that just follows. follows yeah. So the doctrine of Scripture's infallibility is based on an understanding of God's perfection in His own character. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we go from the Bible— and what we have in our hands right back to the very character and person uh, of God. So God's word is perfect. The psalmist says, refreshing the soul. Why? Because God is perfect and God refreshes our souls. Uh, Theologically, God is 
closely associated with his word. And of course, the Lord Jesus is called the word in, in John 1. Hmm. So, so I think I get what you're saying. Because God is infallible, then the natural conclusion is that it follows that any word he utters is also infallible. And, and I think this is what gets people. I think this is what trips people up because we know that the Bible was written by human authors right. and human beings are infallible. We they, make we make mistakes. They we are make fallible. Fallible, yes. Oh, they are fallible, yeah. yes. Oh, see, we, we even wanted, I am fallible in being able to you, articulate you're, you're this. You're proving, you, you, uh, trust me, every podcast, you and I will prove the fallibility of oh, human absolutely, beings. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, can we retake that one? There we go. But we do. We, we make errors. We make mistakes, whether they're subliminal or not. Um, but so this is what people push against, right? Because of this, this fallibility of humans, since the Bible was written by 66 human beings mm-hmm. over a period of 1,500 years, yeah. it, does it nece- doesn't it necessarily follow that the Bible has to have error in it? Because after all, it was, you know, our, our friend, the English poet Alexander Pope that said to err is human. Yeah, he, and we, we love to quote that one. Do you remember the other part of that? No, I do not. To err I is did human. Not, I did not teach English. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I, I, I didn't know it was Alexander Pope. I thought it was Shakespeare. Oh. And then in researching this, I found out it was Alexander Pope. But oh. he said to err is human, to forgive is divine. Divine, oh. Tweet that. <laughs> well, in these political a, times, let's see what comes back after that. That's a, that's a really good, you know, it's it's a very valid point, I think, uh, and a and a and a good question. I mean, since it's written by us and we're fallible, we make errors and mistakes. Shouldn't the Bible be filled with errors and, and mistakes? And that's probably the most popular argument thrown up against this whole doctrine of infallibility of Scripture. But it it's not correct. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we, we, you and I have already proven this in this podcast. We, <laughs> as human beings, all make mistakes, and we certainly cannot argue against that one, uh, can we? Although one time outside of a Wendy's, I had a guy <laughs> tell me, I was witnessing to him, and he told me he was sinless. Shush. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and uh, I'm not... I'm not I'm not sure. I, there were a few other things I wasn't sure about. He was about at the Wendy's. Did he go in and you know order the Baconator <laughs> times five with his diet coke and you know his gluttonous? Yeah, attributes? I don't know. I don't know. But we we make mistakes. We make them often. But we do not necessarily make mistakes all the time hmm. and in all cases. And we don't necessarily have to make mistakes. Hmm. I mean, we we can. We're prone to them, but we don't have to. Uh, Josh McDowell, who I really wow. like and have read and followed for years, he's an author and an apologist. Um, he tells a story about an author who was teaching a class on the reliability of the Bible at, at, in a, some college setting. And uh, f- for the class, he had typed up a one-page outline of the course. Okay, I think you would call that a syllabus, wouldn't syllabus. you? Mm-hmm. The the finished product, what he gave the students, was inerrant. It was infallible. It was without error. There were no typos on it, no mistakes from the handwritten note to the typewritten note. And the point being, although the author was human and prone to make mistakes, he was in fact infallible in that 
that instance. There were no mistakes on that one-page document. The point is this. It is possible for a human being to perform a mistake-free act. Mm. It's not impossible for a fallible person to correctly record both sayings and events. Thus, really to rule out the possibility of an inerrant Bible, and I think we're going to look at inerrancy in our in our next podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to rule out the possibility of an infallible Bible, or an, 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 let me try that again, an inerrant okay. Bible, by appealing to the fallibility of mankind does not hold up. Mm-hmm. It is possible for us to perform mistake-free at, at, at times. I took a seminary class in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, gosh, I don't know, almost 20 years ago now. Was it a wicked long time ago? It was a wicked long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it was taught by one of the greatest theologians, greatest apologists of the of the Christian faith, Dr. John Warwick Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe that I was able to sit in this guy's class. He, he was also a trained attorney. This dude was brilliant. Uh-huh. He had multiple PhDs. Brilliant man in every respect, and he illustrated this infallibility doctrine, the, the, the truth with this story. He, he, he told us like this. He said, the directions for operating my, my washing machine, for example, are literally infallible. And he said, if I do just what the instructions say, the machine will respond and it will work. And then where he, here's where he lost me. He went into Euclid's geometry. Um, I'm not even sure I can spell Euclid or geometry, but he made this point. It it was perfect in its internal consistency. Um, Grant the axioms, he said. In other words, follow what it's teaching, and the proof of what's being taught will will be shown to be true. Mm. And... From such examples, he, he said, we, we've got to conclude that human beings, though we often err, we need not err in all particular instances. Mm-hmm. So our, go back to our children. They can make a lot of mistakes in the course of a day. They also may have an hour of mistake-free mm-hmm. behavior. The I golden mean, hour. The golden hour <laughs> that happens once every blue moon, but... <laughs> So the point is, although we as humans often err, we often make mistakes, we don't necessarily have to. Or always. Or always, right, in particular instances. So just because we often make mistakes doesn't necessarily mean we will always make mistakes. There are plenty of times when we do or say or write everything perfectly. We, We do. So absolutely, though, to be sure... The production of the Bible over centuries, uh, 66 inerrant and mutually consistent books by different authors. That's a tall order. Mm. Um, and But you know what? We, in our faith, we appeal very happily to God's Spirit mm. to achieve that. And if we fail to hold to the doctrine of infallibility, what we're talking about today— Think for a moment what that does to the doctrine surrounding Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. That doctrine, and we'll get to that in future podcasts, that is the doctrine of Christology or Christology. Th- that the Christ, so if we, if we don't adhere to the infallibility of Scripture, 
it really has repercussions when you get to the doctrine of who Christ is. Mm -hmm. So the Christ, the Messiah, as a real man, you know, he's the theologians call that hypostatic union, fully God and fully man. Well, if you take the real man part, we would then say, if we don't adhere to the infallibility doctrine, that he also had to err. He had to mm-hmm. sin. He had to make mistakes. And error in the teachings of Christ would totally negate all that he brought to us in terms of truth from the Father, in terms of revelation from our Heavenly Father. We, we would be completely left in the dark. Mm-hmm as to the meaning of life, salvation, and it would be as if Christ never, ever came to earth mm-hmm. to There would with. be no concept of the gospel. Right, because we couldn't trust it. It would yeah. be full of error. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the infallibility of Scripture, that doctrine, is really uh, very, very key. It's a very key uh, concept. So the, Scripture's testimony is very clear. The bottom line, I guess, Jen's something along these lines— God used fallible men to receive and record his infallible word so that it would reach you and I without error, and it would be correct. Well, does that sound difficult? Well, with our God, it's not. Mm -hmm. He said in Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And I love this. Is anything too difficult for me? Mm -hmm. That's God asking us that. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we come to the scriptures, is it infallible? Is it inerrant? Is it without error? And then God looks at us and says, is anything too difficult for me? Mm-hmm. So the answer on that, no, it's not. No, it's not. And, and I think that's what trips people up because I, I feel like we want to get down into the minutia. We want to get down into these finite details and say, hey, well, what about this? This doesn't make sense. What about this? Well, we're humans, and because we we are fallible, right. then we're not really going to understand the bigness, the the huge nature of God. And if we can poke holes in the uh, infallibility of the Bible, then we don't have to live our lives by it. Mm-hmm. Now we're off the hook, mm-hmm. you see. Now I can pick and choose what I want to believe, obey, put into my life, not put into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we don't have, you know, the, the Bible is not a cafeteria. Mm-hmm. We're not taking our spiritual tray and sliding along the line and go, I like this, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like this, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. When we do that, uh, we get ourselves into big trouble. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this doctrine of infallibility, that the Scripture is without mistake, without error, the doctrine of in, uh, inerrancy, which we'll look at next podcast, these are absolutely crucial and foundational to our faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that crucial nature is what helps us in our day-to-day, that, that yep. partnership between us seeking the Word and then, as we talked about last time, the Holy Spirit meeting us where we are and filling in mm-hmm. those gaps to illuminate that Scripture. Because, again, as we say, the real power of theology is not knowing it, not only knowing it, but applying it. And so in applying it, when we come to the Word and receive it as infallible, we know we have God's literal words to us, and that every time we open the Bible, we come to it, we find words to live by. It's, it's a, a, a balm to our souls. Mm-hmm. It uh, leads us, it guides us, and here's, I think, the main thing. We can absolutely trust it. Mm-hmm. 
to be God's word because it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great place for us to start today. A great thing for all of our listeners and and friends of Kitchen Table Theology to just know the the true gem, the true gift mm-hmm. that the word is. So thanks so much for joining us today. However you are listening from school or work or working out, maybe you just sat at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee. Thanks for joining so. us. I hope so. I certainly have enjoyed the cup that we've been sharing today. Well, not the same not cup. Not sharing, sharing. Yes. yes. <laughs> the coffee. <laughs> the coffee itself. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's podcast stimulated a question. It got you thinking about, hey, have you ever thought about this? In a few weeks, we will devote a podcast to answering those questions. So just send us an email. Email at J Cranston. That's the letter J Cranston at lowcountrycc.org. That's it. So ask us a question and tell us where you're listening from and a little bit about yourself. I love stories. I love to hear from people. And yeah, and we would they're... love to hear from both of you who are listening to this. Uh, <laughs> all, all two l- of you. Let us know where you're from, <laughs> how you found us. Uh, yeah, uh, just shoot me an email there. Uh, at, at jcranston at lowcountrycc.org. We really would love to hear from you. We would. And hey, if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to your podcast on and subscribe and maybe leave us a rating or a review. That would be super helpful because yes, the more ratings and reviews that are left, the more people can find out about what we're trying to do here at Kitchen Table Theology and we'll be able to reach more and more people. As we've said a couple of times, our next podcast will be talking about the inerrancy, yeah. inerrancy of the Bible, and you will not want to miss that one. Make sure you head over to Jeff Cranston, jeffcranston.com for show notes on this and other podcasts, and we hope to see you next time. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.